This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's do that again. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let, Let us rejoice and be glad in it. it. Friends, my name is Zhu Yun. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we gathered as a family of God to worship and to praise our Lord together. There's a couple of updates that we wanted to share with you now and some later. As many of you know by now, our senior pastor, Dr. James Howe, begins his sabbatical tomorrow. Uh, he had an unexpected surgery about a week and a half ago. So key word there, unexpected. This was not in any way planned in lieu of his sabbatical. In fact, this is not very good for his sabbatical, but he is doing much better. I uh, saw him at the hospital yesterday. He was having one of his best days yet. The recovery time is just taking a bit longer than anyone uh, expected. So we continue to pray for him, send him our love. Dr. Howe says hello. He wants to give thanks for your support, for your prayer, and your love. So it is good that we can support and care for one another in this time. Uh, I'm so grateful to be joined by my colleague and friend, Pastor Nathan. What else is happening today? Yeah, what a great day it is to be in this space, to come together as the community of faith, learning and growing together, that we might go out into this world to make a transformative difference. And for those who are gathering with us online, we all get to participate in that. And so if you are visiting with us, what a great joy it is to have you, to continue to fold you into this community of faith, that we continue to grow in love with one another. One of the ways that you can do that is to leave a mark for generations to come through a topping out service. That was supposed to be um, this afternoon. It is moved to May 7th, May 7th. It's in your bulletin. I have marked it in mine. Maybe you can mark it in yours as well. And one of the ways that you can participate in this is immediately following the service, head down to the basement, and you can sign one of the beams that will be on top of the building that will then be encapsulated by the stone and whatever else they put around it. But most importantly, what will hold us together that we continue to grow in our faith through an incredible outreach, through incredible building, through incredible formation that will be in that space. So church family, make sure that you go down to the basement, sign that beam, and that you can be with us in the years to come in that space. Let us continue this time of worship together.
joy to acknowledge that the church has a firm foundation and we are built upon traditions such as the Apostles' Creed. So let us join our hearts together as we affirm our faith found on 881. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us join our voices together as we offer our prayer of confession. Let us pray. Gracious God, forgive us for the doubt that clouds our vision, the pain that makes us hide from you, from ourselves, and from those who we love most. Free us from our confusion, heal us from our wounds, resurrect us from our shame, raise us into the hope and joy that we realize when we are close to you. Amen. Hear this good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
In your bulletin, you'll find Psalm 23 printed. Let us join again our voices and our hearts as we say together Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The New Testament reading is 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with the 19th verse. For one is approved if, mindful of God, he endures pain while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you do wrong and are beaten for it, you take it patiently? But if when you do right and suffer for it, you take it patiently, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called 
because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. No guile was found on his lips. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he trusted to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins and his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We read today these words, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. First Peter is being written to a group of Christians that worship at house churches scattered across the five Roman provinces. They find themselves in the midst of a whole lot of social tension. They are repeatedly being provoked because their existence, the ways in which they live their lives does not fit the social norms of their days. They're being persecuted for different reasons by different folks all the time. In the midst of all this, First Peter encourages and advises God's people to act honorably, right? to live in such a way that would honor our Lord, especially in times of adversity and slander. First Peter speaks to the joy and the freedom that comes when we live our lives in utter dependence and obedience of God, to follow the ways, the footsteps of Jesus to Christ. So last Sunday, many of you might have seen or heard at 11 o'clock, about a minute or two into the sermon, we had a, a protester who came with a sign and, and, and cowbell, walked around the sanctuary for a couple of minutes, who yelled, um, screamed different words of obscenity and profanity hard to distinguish what the cause was about. Uh, this was a woman that our uh, senior pastor and other staff members have listened to, engage with to no avail. A deeply wounded person, desperate for attention. Uh, for now, I do advise, we are advising everybody, due to the previous efforts that's been put forth, uh, do not engage, uh, do not respond. We pray and seek to understand in ways that we can and perhaps one day we can reconnect. After the service, a handful of you reached out to me in person via email and said, hey, Uyan, uh, when this first interruption happened, uh, we thought that she was hired by you for a sermon illustration. <laughs> it wasn't me. I, I've been preaching 16, 17 years now from the pulpit. I've never made a single promise. I'm going to make one today. I promise to you that I will never hire an angry protester to make a sermon illustration. <laughs> a couple of things that we want you to know. As soon as this said person entered the sanctuary, we identified pretty quickly that she was physically nonviolent. 
if there is ever inkling of physical violence, especially pertaining to a weapon, there's a panic button that we can press instantaneously, calling EMT, fire department, and police officers, along with everybody else. We have three officers on site here every Sunday, one of whom is in the Northex, who's looking at all that's happening within the sanctuary. We have communicated with each other so that the presence of the police officer, if anything should like that happen again, will be here in a matter of seconds. And all these things are good. We give thanks for that. But here's the challenge. There is no such thing as total security. You know that? There is no such thing as absolute safety. And there are ways in which we can try to protect the church in such a way that there's no more church to protect in the first place. This is the fine line that we walk as people, not only in this holy space, but in all spaces that we inhabit as people. That's the world in which we live in. Uh, some of you have said that, Uyan, you, uh, you didn't look rattled at all last Sunday. I was rattled. I was rattled. Uh, there was a stranger screaming profanity. My son and my wife was sitting at the very front row, just a foot or two away from this set person, not knowing what was going on. Yeah. The word trigger and trauma uh, have been entering into my lexicon over the last few years. I don't know what those were, but I know them now because I hear it all the time, triggers and trauma. right? I think it's good to keep these things in mind. I think it's good that we do all we can so as not to cause harm, traumas and triggers in each other with strangers uh, intentionally and even do our best to not cause these things unintentionally. But here's the honest truth from a particular lens. One could say that life is just a big ball of trauma and trigger. You know that? Now that I know what triggers are, I have a whole lot of triggers. It's a miracle that I don't just freak out all the time. You know that? Traumas that I've incurred over 40 plus years of living. And at some point in our communal life, I think a group of us decided that if we did enough, if we made enough rules, drew enough boundaries, punished enough people, canceled enough people, that we can get rid of traumas in the world, in our society. It doesn't work. And in fact, it's tearing us apart. And you know that like Taco Bell is a trauma for me? <laughs> it's, I'm serious. I'm not gonna talk about it with you today. It's a trigger. But here's how I then, here's the reason why I don't freak out all the time, despite all that might be traumatic and triggering in life, and I think it's probably the same for you. The triggers that I've incurred throughout my life, all these things, to be perfectly honest, they're all still there. They're, they're all still within me. But there are parts of my life, specific values of my life, that have outgrown the sum of my triggers. 
whenever I see the triggers in around me, I see beauty all the more. My capacity to see grace in this world, in my life, have outpaced my ability to see the triggers. I sin. I've sinned against others, and others have sinned against me. But God's forgiveness has outpaced all the sins that I've accrued over my life and the sins that I've committed. I have doubts about God, but I trust God even more. There are people that I'm quite angry with even to this day that hasn't fully gone away. Yet, the ability to see the image of God in all of God's people, the space to love all of God's people have outgrown my ability to harbor anger. There's sickness and death all around us, but I believe in resurrection all the more. All of my disappointments, and I'm sure you have yours too, in my life, throughout my journey, all these things pale in comparison to the hope that lives in me through the gift of God. Hope that is here. Yeah, life can be very stressful. Today's kind of stressful. But despite all the stress, with every and each breath that is the gift from God, I continue to breathe. And the gift of breath far outweighs the accumulation of stress. The world says, believe in yourself. I never bought into that. I don't really believe in me as much as I believe in God. And I believe in us. You hear me? I believe in us far more than I ever dare to believe in me. This is God's house but this is also our home. And last Sunday, a person entered our home, a place where a group of peaceful worshipers gathered, a handful of children gathered to sing before their God, before their family and friends, to give glory to our Lord. And this said person started to scream words of anger and hate teaching my children words that we've not taught them. It was quite difficult. We invited her to listen to worship with us to no avail. Imagine if any of you, as you are dwelling in your homes, if some stranger should enter it and started to scream words of anger and hate towards you, your family, your kids, your friends, how would you have handled that? I've never lived in any place more than five years. This is more of a home than any home I've ever had, even more so than the very place I go to lay my head to sleep. This is our home. How would you have handled that if that should have happened in your home? You know how we handled it? The folks at 11 o'clock, but really all of us together as a family of God, people remained calm. They remained peaceful. We prayed for one another. We trusted each other, and we trusted the God whom we've been worshiping here in this space since 1929. It doesn't happen 
our collective, what I believe to be a compassionate and graceful and peaceful response, these things do not happen in a vacuum. It doesn't happen because we worshiped on a random Sunday or for a month or for a year. It only happens when a, a group of people have been on a journey together. Long obedience in the same direction. To pray, to listen, to serve, to witness, to sacrifice. One heart, one mind. What happened last Sunday in ways of our collective response was no accident. It is to the grace of God and our collective witness to honor that same God. Here's what I'm trying to say. I give thanks for God and I'm proud of you. Are you hearing me? I'm proud of us. Our parents are rightfully concerned. My son was one of the kids who cried shortly after all that took place. I've gotten communication of other moms whose kids are having nightmares for what happened to them. And we're concerned, we pray and support one another. But do not be dismayed, don't be afraid. We have read and said today in our scripture lessons that it is the good shepherd who guards our souls, the very one who curates our being. As we have just read in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Who knows what may be for the rest of today or tomorrow or the next day or the next day after that. What we do know is that we as a people of God, as we obey and follow Jesus, uh, we will live together in all things. We will live, continue to live for righteousness together. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. God of immense grace and mercy, our hearts rejoice that you love us, all of us, our broken selves, our whole selves, our wounded parts and our complete parts, our silent parts and our loud parts, our weary parts and our energized parts. We rejoice that every part of ourselves and our neighbors are included and invited into your flock. Not only included, though, we are desired, and that you call us by name one by one to participate in your glorious, life-transformative work. Lord, in your mercy, comforting God, like the good shepherd you are, when we ache, hurt, languish, are confused, are disturbed, you come quickly and swiftly. So forgive us, so forgive us when we are not attentive when we ought to be in those moments. Attentive to your presence, attentive to your calming ways. 
So now, O oh God, come to our sides, come into our hearts and in our loved ones and our friends' presence who do hurt, who have anguish and discomfort mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, that they might know that you are with them, that you are with us, and that we as the church are called to participate in showing your presence in this world. Lord, in your mercy. Healing God, this day there are many things that ail us and, tr and trouble us. Many sicknesses within families and friends, loved ones near and far. We lift those to you. For the burdens that might be weighing upon people's hearts, we lift those that we might be freed from those heavinesses that keep us from you. Lord, now we lift to you our brother, our friend, James Howe, as he continues to recover from his surgery. We, care, we ask for prayers for his care and medical team, for Lisa, as they continue to journey forward in this time. And Lord, we also lift to you the family of Peggy Clemens. As she enters into the kingdom triumphant, may her family and their grief also celebrate that she is in eternity with you. Lord, in your mercy. And God of fulfillment, let us once again acknowledge that you are with us, that you fill our hearts and that you are about your work, even at those times we don't recognize it. Clear our eyes, our hearts, our ears to more actively participate in your kingdom building so that those whom we encounter will know of your great love. Lord, in your mercy. God of all blessings, we thank you for all the gifts of life. For your Son, our Savior, our great Good Shepherd, the one who stands at the gate of all life's challenges and joys and calls out to us in love, naming us beloved. For all this and more, we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to say as a family. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And church family, as we continue this time of worship by giving back our offerings as the ushers come forward, let us give thanks by the ways that we give of our resources, of our presence, of our witness into this community that God's love is known first and foremost.
Gracious God, we celebrate at the chance, every chance we get to give back to you for your work, for your transformation that will occur in this world through this church. So we give thanks for the presence of Christ in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, may the peace that surpasses all understanding be with you all as you go from this place. May the love of God, the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.